Devasu, what is trauma? Well, we, before we go into the trauma, we must understand uh, homeostasis. And homeostasis in layman's language is natural balance of the body and the brain. Although homeostasis is an old word, it's used in medicine, in biology, in physiology for many decades, but it never became the part uh, of common language. But this is a very, very important concept both in understanding trauma and what to do about it. So homeostasis is a force, is a drive for the body and brain to stay in a natural balance. Because if that balance is disturbed, it will cause unease, disease, decay, and eventually death. So you can say that this is the very fundamental drive in life within our body and brain. But how we perceive homeostasis? Uh, that is the next question. Uh, uh, how I will know? Uh, that I'm in the state of natural balance or a homeostasis. Well, there are uh, three features. And all living beings, they share those features. Of course, early living beings, you know, very primal like bacteria and, and early life and plants, uh, they are not conscious of it. But we human uh, become conscious because we have that ability. So those three features are, number one, survival. So in homeostasis and natural balance, first thing fundamental survival, because if survival is not there, it's all finished. The second one is sense of well-being. So not only we are surviving, uh, but we are feeling good about our life, our existence, whatever we are doing. So that is the feature of well-being, which some people call happiness, some bliss, some joy, you know, whatever. But it comes from the body. So happiness is not the state of mind, it is a state of body homeostasis. Third and last feature of homeostasis is that we have surplus energy. So balance doesn't mean we are sitting very calmly, very peacefully and doing nothing. Contentment. No. Balance in nature means surplus energy. That is why evolution happened from bacteria. Otherwise, bacteria, were they were in homeostasis and balance and they were not doing anything. There was not going to be any evolution. We evolved basically from bacteria. So that surplus energy is there. 
What is the function of that surplus energy? That we try to reach our peak potential and express it. So bacteria had a certain potential and they had surplus energy, so they came, uh, or cells in general, a multicellular organism, animals, plants, and then we human beings. So that is the force in us, survival, surviving with well-being, happiness, joy, celebration, and reaching our peak potential because all of us are born with that peak potential. That is nature's gift, no matter who we are. It may be flower, it may be butterfly, it may be deer, it may be tiger, it may be a child of all human beings. So what is trauma? Trauma is an event which disturbs homeostasis or natural balance. And all of us have trauma in daily lives. Suppose our boss was very angry, yelled, or we had a fight at our home, or our child is going through a difficult time, or some tragedy happens. So trauma is inbuilt in life. Nobody can say, well, my life was atraumatic. No, it's impossibility. But trauma becomes important when it disturbs the balance for a long time. Because most traumas which we, we have, uh, whether it's a, it's a psychological turmoil or physical illness or whatever happens, we recover. Everything is healed and we go on with the life. Trauma truly what we are discussing which will leave a mark in our mind, emotional wound, broken thought structure, which goes on and on and on for a long time. And so now it completely disrupts the natural balance. And so what happens? We are in chronic stress. And on the top of that chronic stress, if we remember, in certain moment, we go into acute stress. Flashes come to our mind. Memories come to our mind. We are total overwhelmed. We are uh, frightened. We are anxious. We are in panic. Or we become very angry. So chronic stress is the primary symptom of trauma and it may give rise to acute stress. Everything is disturbed. And that is the result of disruption of natural balance. And so what happens uh, that because of that we don't aspire for our peak potential. 
we don't have a sense of well-being except maybe for moment so what happens we are reduced to survival we shrink our life shrinks um Jivasan, how does this affect our body and brain like physiologically psychologically that's right yeah because roots of trauma are in the body and the brain mm -hmm. And that is very important to know because uh, by various therapies, we try to, to deal with trauma, uh, you know, emotional therapy, cognitive therapy. But in lots of cases, you cannot erase the trauma because it already took the roots in the body. And that is the whole research in mind-body medicine when we say Psycho, neuro, immuno, endocrinology means uh, whatever trauma happens in emotions and thought, eventually it went into our endocrines in our immune system in our brain. So unless we understand this, we cannot heal trauma because the roots are in the body. So we have to go into the body and the brain. And so where the changes occur? Those changes occur in four components of the brain and body. The first one is autonomic nervous system, which is formed by a sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So in trauma, what happens? Sympathetic system is in hyperdrive, emergency mode, stress mode. Parasympathetic tone is diminished. Is it sympathetic because it's almost like this memory is there and you keep reliving the same scenario again and again? It's exactly. almost like this is happening right now, again, the same thing that you experience. That's right. And the reason for that is why we think the, whatever happened in the past is happening in the present, because that faculty of reasoning and logic, which can say, listen, it happened in the past. It is not in your present. It's memory. That part becomes hyperfunctional. So once we go into the emotions, for emotions, there is no past or future. It is here and now we suffer. So that is why three other uh, components or elements of, of brain uh, uh, which are affected. Number one is prefrontal cortex, which is the seat of reason, logic, uh, planning, guesswork, past, future. And that part actually is responsible for control of emotions where trauma is lodged. So it is hyper-functioning, so there's just emotion. They just explode in our brain and we are completely overwhelmed. Second part which is affected is hippocampus, which is the organ of memory. Because of the stress, cortisol and adrenaline are uh, circulating in the body. They make hippocampus small. So our memory gets weak. And the second thing is 
there is a pattern which created memory pattern which created by trauma so those memories are constantly constantly circulating so we go through them again and again so a smallness of hippocampus affects our memory new learning but simultaneously whatever we learn old during that trauma is etched so two phenomena happens and third component of the brain which is deeply affected amygdala which deals with emotions it gets very big it's red and hot and on edge a little trigger and massive emotional outburst happens emotional dysregulation so now so you can see it, the whole body and the brain are affected by it they call it amygdala hijacking Hijack. is that what it is yeah. exactly and it takes away control from our reasoning mind logical mind so now you can understand what will be the symptom all the symptoms of chronic stress plus some addition which is flashback so chronic stress means anxiety sleep disturbance adrenal exhaustion causes fatigue poor appetite digestion a uh, problem with the with the uh, sexual or reproduction heartbeat fast there may be high blood pressure shallow breathing practically everything is affected and of course uh, the the night terrors uh, the the nightmares flashes one feels completely helpless one cannot regulate one's emotion one cannot uh, stick to relationship because everything is so fragile one is not feeling safe they are fear they are fearful they are anxious life simply shrinks so those are the symptom those are the brain changes disturbance of homeostasis and of course uh, therapy is there and therapy helps certainly uh, but i think we want to also discuss uh, whether trauma although is a curse is a pain is a suffering can it be a ground for transformation stimulus for transformation so would you like to to say something about it absolutely um i think what is happening is that if you look at the body i think the body's currency is energy and what is happening to us is that particularly nowadays it seems like we have less and less access to this currency it's like parts of it is all blocked and not available to us and when i was thinking and i'm comparing the animals in the wild and the animals at home like if you look at the pets at home and the animals in the wild animals in the wild don't experience trauma the way the pets at home do like 
when you compare it, for example, a gazelle chased by a lion, a lion is chasing it, and it gets to a point that this gazelle, like autonomic nervous system is stimulated. So now it has a choice to run away or fight. But when all those choices are taken away from it, what's happening is just it falls into freeze mode. And this is, as you said, it's a very natural mechanism of the body to experience this kind of trauma and be able to easily shake it and move away. And animals in the wild can do that beautifully. They can get up and then after pretending they're dead and sick, after the lion has left, they get up and they shake seven to ten times and then back to normal life and move away. Something happens to the animals at home. What's happening is that these pets, they have to follow the human mind and the conditioning. And when you actually see that, when you compare it to the animals in the wild, they are not able to shake this, the same mechanism, shake that fear or anxiety or that arousal away. So this energy that kind of builds up in their body for fight and flight, it can't go anywhere. It gets stored as a trapped energy, and they have lost access to it simply by being conditioned, by not being free to move around, by not being able to eat the food they want, by not being able to have sex, not even barking. Like a lot of things are taken away from people, like from animals that are living at home. So when you compare it to, you realize the animals in the wild they still have access to their energy in their body. They're still able to align themselves with that flow, that rhythm of life in their body and able to access that currency while the pet now has lost access to that currency. And when you lose access to that energy and then not able to live a natural life, naturally you lose access. And for healing to happen, for any transformation to happen, we need energy as you said surplus of energy and we as human experience the same thing we also have experienced many and as you said so many traumas happen we able to either fight or run away or process it access our you know prefrontal core and analyze it and move away from it but sometimes some of these events happen too fast too much and our nervous system is not able to cope with it, like be able to shake or release this energy. So all this arousal of sympathetic nervous system that's happened, increase energy in the body, either to fight or flight, all of that goes nowhere. And it ends up being frozen in our body. And when these patterns are formed in the body, that means you have no access to it. Maybe they translate to some sort of tension, stress, as you said, neurochemical transit, and they compromise the body's energy. And when you have no access to that energy, naturally, you can't live your natural life. And then you might ask, so how do I access that energy? How do I release that energy? How do I break these patterns, these frozen patterns in the body? The number one is that surplus energy. And how do I get that surplus energy is to become like that animal in the wild. In order for us to have energy, we need to be able to access 
to access it. And how do we access it? Not by big philosophies, not by... <laughs> a lot of us, we rely on the outside forces to come as an agent of like us accessing our energy. Like we go to therapists, we go to these healers, indirectly accessing our own energy. But in order for us to be able to truly transform it, we have to directly access it. And that is the way to becoming natural again. Be able to listen to the rhythm of the body because we're like that pet. We've been conditioned. We've been cut off from our own rhythm. We have forgotten the rhythm of hunger, the rhythm of sleep, the rhythm of, you know, like anything in the body that used to be natural and we could follow it. Now we follow whatever we've been conditioned to follow. So we don't sleep the right amount. We don't get the sunlight. We should. We don't walk. We don't go around. We don't have that freedom. We are pretty much stuck in, you know, not, not experiencing the natural life. So all that rhythm has been compromised. And in order for me to be able to have that healing or transformation happen to me, I need to have that surplus energy. That means aligning myself with that nature of mine, which is very different for each of us. It's not one prescription for all. We have to be able to listen to it and directly access it rather than indirectly constantly finding a way to access it so what happens when you have that surplus energy it's like exactly like a hose that is you know plugged by dirt or like leaves or things like that and the flow of water if it's not enough flow of water this dirt cannot be cleaned or pushed out but if there's a flow of water that's so powerful it'll be like washing away so most of our frozen patterns in our body and mind, all these, as you said, the marks that is left in our body and mind can be washed away by this energy that we actually now can access it by simply living according to our nature or our personality. So that is the number one thing. Of course, many practices are there too to make the body feel safe, to bring parasympathetic activity back in there. So practice is very important as well, whether it's breath or all those. But again, an animal in the wild doesn't just practice. It's very much connected to its nature. So I think along with the practice, we need to be able to align with our body and be able to listen to its rhythm and follow it. That's right. Yeah. So I think you summed up it uh, quite beautifully. So what you said, basically, this hypersympathetic activity and and uh, uh, lowering of the parasympathetic uh, uh, tone uh, uh, can be brought into some balance by calming down practices. Uh, and once we calm down, then we can look into our nature or uh, innate personality where our uh, true energy, surplus energy is hidden. And that will be the, the path to transformation. Absolutely. And in our future sessions, uh, record, people can actually follow some of the practices that we have available. That's right. Yeah. So I think that is a, is a very good start. Uh, now we understand quite a bit about trauma and that understand is absolutely vital before we can do something about it. Unless we diagnose, so we cannot treat. And not only treat, but transform. 
Thanks, Paul. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Mira. Thank you, Javasa. Thank you.